Hi, this is Bishop E. James Logan, Senior Pastor of Christian Faith Fellowship Church in Zion, Illinois. Welcome to our podcast. I pray you'll be blessed by a fresh word from God every time you tune in. Well, praise the Lord. I guess, I guess we're on. <laughs> Amen. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul, and all that's within me. Bless his holy name. Welcome to another Wednesday night teaching from the sanctuary of Christian Faith Fellowship Church in Zion. Praise the Lord. Amen. Won't you text someone, call them, tell them you didn't miss it. Tune in now. There is a word from the Lord. Get your Bible. You bless your hearts. Those of you that are here and your elect or and or your electronic device, your Bible and or your electronic device. And turn to Proverbs chapter 18, and we're going to read verse 19. And uh, excuse me, there's a, I think, at least an interesting topic we're going to talk about tonight, and God's going to give us some perspective and some insight that will bless us so we can walk in more of his peace. Amen. All right, Proverbs 18. And 19. Let's read it out loud together. Ready, begin. A brother offended is harder to be won than a strong city, and their contentions are like the bars of a castle. Let's pray together. Father, I thank you again for the opportunity to share with your people. I thank you for the call of God, the anointing of God, the presence of God, and your word. Let all of those and all of your grace and mercy touch the lives of your people. Use us for your glory. Bring us out. Heal us. Deliver us. Set us on a plain path that we can follow you. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. Bless your hearts. So tonight we're going to talk about handling offenses. Handling offenses. How do you handle being offended. How do we handle that? Man, that's a great question, isn't it? By definition, write this down. An offense is something that insults a person, deeply hurts a person, and injures a person. That's what offense does. It insults. If a person offended feels insulted. They feel deeply hurt. And in some cases, they're injured. <laughs> the word offense is spelled with a C in the King James Bible, where it's spelled with an S in most other places. I believe that the S offense gives us some deeper insight because to be on the offensive is to be on the attack. And people that have been offended often feel they've been attacked. If you've ever been offended, you feel like someone or a group of people attacked you. It was a deliberate attack. And so we have to know how to handle offenses because offenses 
come. That's what the Bible says. They do come. Um, our foundational scripture here, a brother offended is harder to be one than a strong city. And their contentions are like the bars of a castle. When, when a fellow saint feels they've been attacked by another saint, they put up walls, they put up bars, and they put up barriers. If you've been a believer any length of time, you've run across someone that had bars up. You ran across someone that had walls up. But you notice that for the most part, those walls and those bars were for you alone. And if you were a discerning believer, you eventually, as you prayed about it, had to come to ask them the question, what's wrong? We're not as open, free as we used to be. Did I do something to you or did I offend you? This is what we should do. This is part of the process we should go through to keep offenses down. Forgive me, I just had a moment, literally, where I felt like 10 years ago, people would have said amen. I'm serious. I just had a minute. And I was like, oh, this is 2022. So let me go over that again real quick. It's real simple. A brother, Proverbs 18, 19, a brother or sister offended is harder to be won. But you're already saved. But because of the offense, we have to win you all over again. Say it another way. COVID offended a lot of Christians. So pastors, church leaders, singers, all, we have to win some of you back. Because you've been offended. And some don't even know that they have been offended. They just built the walls and put a widescreen TV on there and said, this is my new entertainment room. Selah. We must be mindful, my brothers and sisters, that in the world today, because of all the violence, people too easily feel they are being attacked. It's very true. Uh, by the grace of God, I've been doing this thing called pastoring, preaching the gospel for a good number of years. And I do recognize that there are certain things and certain topics, certain cultural uh, hot topics that have to be spoken about a certain way. There are certain words I can't use like I used in the late 90s and the 200s because you will be easily offended. Now, not only do I need to win the unsaved, I need to win back the saved. 
Ecclesiastes 10 and 4. This is the ESV. If the anger of the ruler rises against you, do not leave your place, for calmness will lay great offenses to rest. <laughs> oh, there's so much wisdom in the Bible. If a boss or a person of authority offends you, don't run off and quit. Don't run away mad. Stay in your place. For calmness, write the word calmness down. Calmness. Calmness. We're talking about handling offenses. If you're going to handle an offense, the first thing you need to do is be calm. I've been talking about the Prince of Peace and peace of God. You got to keep your peace. You got to stay calm. Because calmness will put offenses to rest. How you respond will, in many cases, set the tone for how far this goes. Being calm in God's economy in the kingdom is having a quiet spirit. Have you noticed how <laughs> have you noticed how loud and noisy people are today? We 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 we, <laughs> we need to learn how to exercise a quiet spirit. Which means even if you have something to say, learn it's not always good to say it. In other words, or another way to say that would be, sometimes silence is better than your voice. Psalm 119, 165. Great peace have they which love thy law, and no thing shall offend them. Man, that's a powerful statement. To be able to say, nothing will offend me. To be able to know in your head and in your heart, I'm not going to be offended when I go to this meeting. I'm not going to be offended by this person's call. I'm not going to be offended... Today, I'm not going to be offended by anything. That is a position of power. To not let anything offend you. Let anybody offend you. Great peace. The reason you're not offended is because you learned how to acquire and maintain great peace. Well, within the scripture itself, it teaches or tells us how to acquire this great peace by loving God's word. <laughs> great peace have they that love the word of God, the law of God. That's his word. Those are his commandments, his precepts. Those of us that study his word 
on a continual basis, we'll have great peace. And we won't be easily offended. In fact, he says, nothing will offend us. Well, can we say and look at that in the reverse? Conversely, if you don't know the word and all you do is go to church and you sing and jump and shout, you're going to always be offended. You just know religion. You just know how to have church. You don't know how to be the church. Mm, mm, mm. That's a mic drop moment right there. Those that study God's word, learn his ways, learn how God operates, learn what pleases him, will have great peace. Why? Because I know what pleases him. I study the word. I seek to know God in an intimate way each and every day. So then I have great peace. Mm. There's a, write this down, there's a constant fellowship with God that creates a deep inner peace. That's what we need. We need a deeper inner peace that comes from constant fellowship with God. Nobody can give you that. Hmm. Isaiah 26, 3. God will keep you in perfect peace if you keep your mind on him, whose mind is state. It's, it's connected to Psalm 119. My mind is on the word. My mind is on what pleases God. That's why I have the peace of God. That's why I'm not so easily offended, because I know why you said what you said, because I've been reading the word and the word already told me people like you, this is the stuff you do. I know who I'm talking to. I'm not I'm not surprised and offended by what you said, because the word described you to me. The word described you to me. Why would you be offended by somebody that's not saved to call you a fool? Because you go to church. The word already told you those type of people talk like that. What does offenses do? What does offense do to people? In the New Testament, the word offense is the Greek word scandalon. It's a trap. <laughs> it's a trap. You got to start seeing scandal, offenses as traps. <laughs> it's a snare or something that causes a person to stumble and fall. The reason the enemy is trying to get you offended, he wants you to stumble in your walk. He doesn't want you to advance in kingdom building. <laughs> Enemies of our faith use offenses 
to bring us down. They use scandal. You got to keep yourself from scandal. Write that down and write it in the first person. I must keep myself from scandal. Nothing will shut your ministry down quicker than scandal. Offense. The enemy wants to render every believer serving God faithfully and effectively. He wants to render you ineffective. And he wants to do it through offense. You see, stumbling messes up your walk. No, I've never seen a cool stumble. The coolest brother stumbling look goofy, look crazy. You can't stumble. It's hard to stumble cool. His sisters are sharp. It's hard to stumble pretty. So the enemy wants to change how we look to people watching us through offenses. But the stumbling is not his ultimate goal. He wants us to stumble so we fall. The enemy wants us to fall. Because falling hurts. I was going to do a show of hands, but everybody's falling. Everybody is falling. Everybody is falling. Some of us is falling because we played football and somebody tackled us. Some of us is falling because we just tripped and we fell. Some of us fell because we were carrying something we couldn't see. What's in front. There's all kinds of reasons, but everyone has fallen at least one time. And, and God forbid, but sometimes falling can be fatal. Unfortunately, li- you could literally die falling the wrong way. And so you need to understand that the enemy comes to make us stumble, but he ultimately wants us to fall. And he's trying to hurt us, wound us, maim us and ultimately kill us. So. With all this being said, you and I, we never want to be the reason and cause of another person falling. We should never, as believers, as saints, want to be the reason another person falls. This is why we live saved. Amen. This is why we live holy. Amen. I don't want you falling because of me. Now, I know I I ain't the one to keep you saved. I know you need Jesus and the Holy Ghost. I get the formula. I understand. But I also understand that I could be the reason that somebody stumbles and falls. And you need to remember and never forget that you could be the reason someone stumbles and falls. You don't know who's watching you. Write it down in the first person. I don't know who's watching me. You don't know who's watching you walk through your life with Christ. You don't know. 
That's the devil telling you, you live for yourself. I ain't no role model. I never told nobody. But people watching you. Well, now they're watching you. We're fitly joined together. We're a body. Every part is impacted by another part. What, what, stop tripping. I'm, I ain't talking to y'all. I'm talking to that person tripping. I ain't telling them to watch me. You don't have to tell them to watch you. This is what's wrong. This is why there's so many hurt, wounded people in the church. Because we don't understand offenses. So, as I said, we never, as believers, as part of the body of Christ, we never want to be the cause of another person falling. Never. Hmm. See, falling in the kingdom is very serious business. It means that this person is no longer standing for Christ. They're taken out. Their testimony, their witness, their ministry is removed. Who wants to be responsible for that? It means that person has lost their position and hear this, and given their ground that they won for the Lord back to Satan. You didn't hear me. You, 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 all that you done went through, you gonna get that ground back? You gonna give that ground back that you won Using your faith, you're going to give that back over an offense. You, you, you don't know what you gained for Christ, do you? I used to say this all the time from this pulpit and yeah, a few other places, too. Don't, don't get saved to be a spiritual punk. Because back in the day, you was tough. This my block. These my boys. And you defended that turf. And the little shorties could be safe and the little girls could play because you took that territory and you made it safe. It's the same thing in the spirit realm. But you don't see it like that. So you can play with your salvation and say anything you want to other people and, and, and not think about offenses. And not think about losing ground to the enemy. First Corinthians, well, in first Corinthians chapter 10, the apostle Paul reminds the gifted congregation, you know, Corinth was one of the most gifted, spiritually gifted churches. So he reminds this gifted congregation that even Moses church was anointed. Moses was a pastor in the wilderness, in case you forgot. And the, and his congregation was Israel. They were anointed. You, 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 you me tell you how, well, the Bible says they were anointed. They were under the cloud of glory. You can't be under a glory cloud without the anointing. 
Israel in the wilderness was anointed. They were under the cloud of glory. They passed through the sea. They were baptized. They ate manna from heaven. How many of y'all had some manna lately? They drank miraculously from the rock in the desert. That was an anointed church. Now, watch what Paul says in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 5. Yet God was not pleased with most of them. Wow. 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 They, they, they were anointed, but God wasn't pleased with most of them. I didn't make that up. I just read what the scripture says. Yet God was not pleased with most of them. Is God pleased with you? I told you we're going to talk about offense from a different perspective. I'm going to give you broader perspective. So their dead bodies, let me continue reading. So their dead bodies were scattered over the desert, but they, were, they had the glory cloud over them. <laughs> they ate manna from heaven. They drank water out of a rock. But God was not pleased with most of them. Verse 6. Now these things were our examples. Please hear the word of the Lord. To the intent that we should not lust after evil things as they also did. Wait a minute. They're in the wilderness. There was no Walmart. What were they lusting after? There was no Louis Vuitton. There were no Maseratis. What were they lusting after? There was was no MTV Awards. What were they lusting after that made God offended? So that's what Paul is saying. God wasn't pleased with them. He was offended by them. Let me just stop and tell you, I just can't help it. Can't help it. See, when we as believers in particular, in particular, when we think of offense, most of the time we're thinking of how we've been offended. But what I'm trying to get you to think is how often have you offended God? Woe is me. I just need more power. God, I need you to do something for me. God, I need I need what, what does God need from you? We love to tell him, God, if you just do this for me, I'll be better. God, I need. But what does he need from us? Because Paul says of the anointed church Moses pastored that God was not pleased with most of them. That should scare you. That you and I think God is so pleased with everything we do. Hmm. He says they are our example. The church in the wilderness is our example. Not Corinthian, or church in Corinth, but the church in the wilderness should be our example. Because God wasn't pleased with most of them jokers. Verse 7. Neither ye be idolaters. He's telling us how they offended God in the wilderness. God brought them out of Egypt with signs, wonders, and miracles. 
They get in the wilderness. He shows them who he is, gives them the law. And then they turn around and serve other gods. They offended him. What would you do? Neither ye be idolaters, as some of them were. As it was written, the people sat down, ate God's food, drank God's drink, and then rose up and committed adultery. Fornication, perversion. That's what they did in the wilderness. They offended God. Verse 8, neither let us commit fornication as some of them committed and fell in one day three and 20,000. One day, they, ooh, Jesus. They offended God so tough, 23,000 of them was dead. He killed them. Now, thank God for the age and dispensation of grace. But the point is, Paul is trying to wake us up. You know, we, 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 we have this language today called the woke culture. What, what are you really waking up to? Are you awakening to righteousness? Or are you just awakening to a revisionist history? Again, my brothers and sisters, as I get ready to close, and we're talking about handling offense, it's one thing for you to handle how you've been offended, but do you know how to handle your offense towards God? Do you know what to do when you've offended God? Because we certainly know what we want people to do. They need to apologize to me, buy me breakfast, and that, and that skirt she ruined that, I, that was mine, she needs to buy me two of them just like it. And I'll be satisfied. We know what we want people to do for us when they've offended us, but do you know what we need to do when you've offended God? Do you know how to handle your offense toward God? Do you know how to repent when you prayed and asked God to do something and it didn't happen? Then you got mad and said, God, I don't like you anyway. I never believed in you. Do you know what to do when you said that? Oh, God. <laughs> After all the signs and the wonders and the miracles, God did for them. Israel, bringing them out of Egypt, bringing them into the promised land. Watch this now. So they could be a display of a holy people. This is why he did it. I want the world to see this is what a holy people looks like. So you can model them. But they didn't so much live like they could be on display for God. Hmm. Matthew 7. Matthew 7, verses 21 through 23. Jesus is speaking. Not everyone that says unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but he that does the will of my Father which is in heaven. Many, Jesus says, will say unto me in that day, Lord, Lord, we prophesied in your name. We cast out devils in your name. We did many wonderful works in your name. Jesus says, Jesus is saying this. Jesus is still speaking. I'm repeating and quoting him. 
Then I will profess unto them, I never knew you. Depart from me, ye workers of iniquity. Wow. Jesus wasn't pleased with these people who prophesied. Jesus wasn't pleased with the people that cast out devils using his name. Jesus wasn't pleased with many of the people that did wonderful works in his name. In fact, from the language, <laughs> we can simply, clearly and plainly deduce that instead of Jesus being pleased with them, he was offended by them. He was offended by them because he said, I never knew you. I never I, I, I didn't sanction what you're doing. I, I don't have anything to do with that. You use my name, but I don't want I'm not in none of it. I'm offended by it. Why would Jesus say that? Because there's more. There's more to using his name. Than most people think. When we name the name of Jesus, we are to take on the nature and character of Jesus and thereby displaying who Jesus is to the rest of the world. To take his name and to live contrary to his word is not showing the world who he really is. That's offending him. Today, we should understand that more than ever because we have what is known as identity theft. There's few, and I pray it doesn't happen to anyone under the sound of my voice, but I've heard enough from people that someone stole their identity that offended them. It insulted them. It hurt them deeply. It impacted the rest of their life because someone was pretending to be them using their resources in ways they never intended. That's the same thing it is with God. When you name the name of Jesus Christ, he anoints you, but you use the anointing to stop, rob people and steal and commit fornication and adultery and manipulate people. God cannot be pleased with that. He's offended in you using his anointing and his grace, his money, his power. God, put oxygen in your lungs. Why would you open your mouth and lie and you got the Holy Ghost? That offends God. But we're worried about who offended, who offended us. Identity theft could be another title of this teaching because you're naming the name of Christ and you ain't got none of him in you. And just like God said to the, to the apostle Paul about the church in the wilderness with most of them God was not well pleased. He was offended that he did so much for them and they never seemed to appreciate it. Bow your heads while you're seated. Bow your heads while you're watching. We are in the season 
called Christmas, where we as believers and people all over the world celebrate the birth of our Savior. How much of this time do we really spend with him? How much of this time do we really use to talk about him? Is he offended that a holiday that's supposed to be about him has none of him in it? How do we handle offending one another? But more importantly, how do we handle offending God? I want you to think about that. This whole month of December. Now let me pray for you. Father, in the name of Jesus. In the name of your son, your holy son, Jesus who you sent to die for the sins of the world that include my sins. Teach me, teach us how to handle offenses. We need to, we want to bring glory to your name. We don't want to be among those who you are not at all pleased with. Show us how to repent. Show us what we need to repent of so that we can get it right with you and glorify your name. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, God bless you. I hope this word wasn't too sober for you. Hope it wasn't too sober for you, because it's showing up sober up in this piece tonight. Well, God bless you. Listen, you know what we do now at the, after the word? We show our appreciation by giving back to the Lord. So I want, you, want you, I want you to look at one of the options at the bottom of the screen and sow your best seed to support this ministry that God is using to support you. And everyone else, that can, you can stand in here, please. And we're going to sow our seed as well. Actually, I did mine at home. But uh, I want everyone else to stand and sow. Let's be unified in our endeavor to worship God through giving. Was this word sober? Man, it was plain, wasn't it? Woo, God, it was plain. All right, take your offering or your electronic device if you have it. Put it in your right hand, preferably your left if you can't. And I'm going to pray over your offering in Jesus' name. Father, we thank you. Again, for blessing us with the ability to give, we know that this is your time, the time we celebrate your birth. So we give you a birthday gift. We don't give gifts to everyone else. That would offend you as well. It's your party. It's your time to be glorified. So we glorify you. We elevate you. And so we thank you for the ability and the acknowledgement of your birth and the willingness to do so. So bless your people in this hour as we acknowledge you in all of our ways and you direct our path in Jesus name. Amen. Well, bless your heart. God bless you. Thank you. Amen. Why don't you come on to church? Just time to come on back. Amen. Get some peace that God has for you. Let the saints hug on your neck. Amen. And uh, we'll have a good time in the Lord. All right. Well, we got a worship video for you as we do. And we thank God for you. Peace be unto you. Well, thank you for joining us. I also want to thank you in advance for clicking on the link 
to support our ministry. Your giving is what moves ministry forward and ministry must move forward. You can also visit us online at cffczion.org for more information. If you were blessed by this word, please subscribe and share this podcast with your friends and family. God bless you.